Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Ali Jawani, who is a co-founder of Rally.Video. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I am just on my second cup of coffee for the day, which is like perfect timing for good, not too much energy, but still some energy. So I'm feeling good. And I'm also excited to just learn more about what you're doing with Rally. Um, for people that don't know what Rally is, what is it? What is Rally.video? So Rally.video is effectively what Zoom breakouts should have been. We make it super easy to jump between conversations and to hear the conversations around you. So it's almost like being uh, in a room, listening to other people, having conversations, laughing, cheering, whatever, uh, and deciding who to join. Kind of like what you do at like a, a live restaurant or a live bar, if you will. That's a... I- I don't know when we talked yesterday or a couple of days ago, I don't remember if you used that exact verbiage on how to describe rally, but what, what zoom breakout should have been. That's honestly, is that's fantastic. That's a great, I, that's a great way to explain it. Let's kind of like dive into 
so what should have Zoom Zoom breakouts been? AKA like how does this work? What is Rally? I guess if I was to sign up as a user, what would I experience? So uh, there's a lot of questions there. Um, so so I, I think um, uh, I'll start with the first one. I, I think so. We we started Rally for a birthday party, and the idea was how do we make a video conversation a lot more social? And so when we think about like social conversations you have more agency to kind of choose who to talk to. You can decide um, how many people you want to be in a group with. Uh, you can also kind of hear the different people that are having conversations and it should be super easy to, to use, to join, uh, to come and go kind of as you please. Um, Zoom breakouts is very rigid. It's, uh, it's these like square screens. You kind of feel like you're trapped within this like gallery view. Um, you have to take turns speaking kind of like you're in group therapy. Uh, it's very, very good for meetings and like structured conversations, but it's not really good for like a social or engaging platform. Uh, so if you want to have more social, I think that's kind of where Rally uh, tends to fit well. So there's kind of two, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's kind of like two sides to Rally. There's um, if you want to like have your own room. Um, and then there is if you get like almost invited to a room or join a room. Um, let's start with, the former so um if i wanted to get on rally and like start a like what is a room and i guess can you can you i guess describe what the experience is from like someone that wants to host something on rally versus an attendee yeah so for somebody that wants to host something on rally uh they would basically get their own room and they could customize the room add like a logo um change the name of the room etc uh, even add links to it if they wanted to uh, and then within their room, they could invite a bunch of guests to come in and have conversations with them. And so a host would get that room link specifically. They'd be able to copy paste and share it to anybody that they wanted to. And then they could have conversations within that room with uh, the guests that they invite. Um, they could break off into separate conversations with the guests or they could take the stage and present or perform for all of their guests together. And then on the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, I actually want to, let's actually, well, you're probably just about to go there. So I think it would be helpful to now go, go to the the other side of like guests, attendees. Can you kind of explain like tables and stages and you, you've built this like, because, you know, we walked through this a couple of days ago, you built this like really opinionated and unique product. What's the experience for a, a user or like an, an attendee? Yeah, so an attendee basically gets a link from a host or from a friend, uh, and then they usually have like one or two clicks, and then they're within the room. And then once they get to the room, they can decide if they want to talk to specific people in the room, uh, join an existing conversation, or just wait until somebody reaches out to them and has a conversation with them. So similar to if you walk into a restaurant, um, you walk in usually by yourself, uh, and you kind of look around to see which table you want to sit at, or if you want to sit at your own table and let somebody else approach you. Uh, and we've kind of taken that that same reference. And so for us, tables is kind of where the, those congregations or those groups come together. Rooms are where a whole bunch of groups exist. Uh, and there's actually even a, a much more meta level, which is uh, what we call venues. And these venues are where you can have multiple rooms. So if you had like an event for hundreds of people, you would have different rooms. And within each of those rooms, you'd have multiple people coming in and forming their own tables. So what is some use case obviously you can do anything with rally kind of like it's pretty flexible but so far from some of your users or something that you wish people did what are people using this for is it like happy hours networking um how can someone use rally 
Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. A lot of it comes down to networking like events. Uh, so think of a post-conference after party, uh, think of happy hours for your team or for your community. Um, usually a lot of universities have talked to us about social groups and social clubs that wanna host events on this platform. Uh, those are where we see the, the highest use cases. Um, we've also had comedians use us to uh, present to a bunch of their audience members. Um, we've had watch parties where people can watch like a basketball game and have a bunch of other people co-watching with them and kind of sharing or cheering together for a specific team. Um, but really, I think where we excel is that networking and kind of like collaboration use case where you want to just bring a bunch of people together, spread them apart and bring them back together seamlessly. And how do you, right now, how do you think about um, like spending your time, like you've, you've built like a pretty interesting product. Um, like, like you said, what Zoom, yeah, that should be your tagline, honest. I don't know if it is, but what Zoom breakout should have been is just there's so many, how'd you actually, I want to actually dive into that. I think that's interesting. You didn't just wake up, start this company and be like, yo, that's our tagline. Like it wasn't like day one that you, you, you went through a maze to figure that out. Tell me about yeah. how you got to what Zoom breakouts should have been because it, it feels like it took a while because it's that good. So can you kind of walk me through that process? Yeah, so it, it honestly was not an easy process. And this tagline is like six days old right now. Um, it, it basically, so, so we're part of Y Combinator's current batch. Um, and Y Combinator forces you to do this thing where you have to spend literally a whole bunch of time figuring out your one or two liner. And it should be like third grade reading level, like super easy for the average person to understand. And we started with like, we're, we're Zoom for live entertainment, we're Zoom for social groups, we're an easy place to hop in and out of conversations. And like, you know, all these YC partners were like, no, that's wrong, no, that's wrong, no, that's wrong. Uh, and then when we started speaking to investors and companies that wanted to use our product, um, a few of them were like, so it's kind of like Zoom breakouts. And somebody was like, it's kind of like Zoom breakouts on steroids. And then we were like, oh, so if everyone's already comparing us to Zoom breakouts, let's just do what Zoom breakouts should have been. It's, it's funny how even if in the early stage of a company, like the product is what it is, like the product doesn't change, the messaging that you use for a product can honestly not make or break a company, but can definitely change the trajectory of it for sure. You, you say something that resonates for something that doesn't. I mean, it changes. Like we're on this podcast and we're talking about that. Tag. I've never talked about a tagline with any other person I've ever had on the podcast. That's how good it is, which is great. So I know it's six days old. I, I, I encourage you to, um, to make it, you know, 10 years old, AKA just like, don't, 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 don't forget about it. Just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of stuff to, to think about though. Like it, it's, what you, like you mentioned this in your in your conversation, like getting the tagline right, getting the messaging right is actually very difficult. Um, and I think you, you might have alluded to this, but like it, it, video is also like kind of competitive space. So you want to make sure that the way you frame things uh, really comes across and resonates with your users. So let's kind of like dive into that, like the way you frame things resonates with your users. That's one thing that you're spending your time on as a co-founder of this. You're obviously shipping code are you people on your team shipping code you're getting users you're getting on podcasts things like that what is um what's like a day in the life for you to like if you have to pick like an average day the most average day what are you spending your time on um and also uh, if you're open to sharing i don't know how, how secretive or not it's supposed to be but like a, as you've gone through yc what has how has your average day changed from like the first day of entering yc to now not like oh you're prepping for fundraising but like 
How have you prioritized time differently as you've learned going through that program? I think YC has fundamentally changed like how we, how we think about things. So it, when we first started, and, and this is like probably my second or third startup, and, and also for my co-founders, this is like their second or third startup. So the, the first time around, we would be very much focused on like making sure the product was as close to perfect as possible. Whereas YC is like ship kind of broken products and fix them as you kind of move along. So we, um, when we applied to YC, we were two weeks old. We didn't want to share our prototype with them. They forced us to. Uh, and right from the very beginning, having to like show them this like really broken system uh, and then releasing it to the YC community as a broken system and then going to customers and saying, hey, we've got this, this broken prototype. Like basically even now, like I wouldn't say that the product is robust, but it's it's getting there. And I think YC really encouraged you to release it, to release things that are not completely robust just yet. Um, and that has really shown us that like not only is there a demand, but people actually appreciate um, when you're building something that they actually want uh, and they'll give you ample feedback on it. So as you are making things more robust, you are getting more feedback on how to improve things. Um, and so, so to your question, a lot of my time actually is spent talking to users. Like uh, before this call, I was on three different demos, two with universities, one with a larger company. Um, after this call, I'm going to have a quick chat with my co-founder to update her on like what's going on with like these conversations. Uh, and then spend the rest of the day jumping back onto more demos uh, and feedback calls with like different customers. And so YC's got this motto where it's like, write code and talk to users. Um, and that's literally like, I don't write code myself. So I'm literally just spending all my time talking to users, understanding what to build. Um, and, and yeah, just making sure the team knows that. By the way, for anyone, I mean, obviously, if you're hearing this, you're listening, but if there's any investors or founders listening, just so you know what kind of hustler this guy is, we had a, we like, we booked this a week ago and he's like oh like like let's hop like he wanted to show me rally so i could learn more about it and we actually like try to like get this on rally like which is exactly what like which we couldn't do because like recording etc but like literally that's the exact thing like like you're like founders just talk to users and just sell 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 not like transactional right but you're like yo if we can do a podcast let's try to get it on rally and that's the kind of stuff that makes great companies at early days it's not as obvious like that's that's the dna right that's like that's what you need to, to get there. Then once you get there, then it's, you know, what it's the different stage. So do, was that kind of inherent for you? Like the, the sales, the hustling, or did you have to learn? Obviously you always learn, but like, did you always kind of have that sales gene in you or did you have to figure it out as you went? Uh, I think a mixed bag of things, right? Like, so I'm, I'm an only child. I think the first people I sold anything to were my parents to convince them that like I could do kind of whatever I wanted. Um, my parents were both entrepreneurs as well as like the rest of my family and we moved around quite a bit. So I'd have to like really, uh, constantly talk to new people, convince them to be my friends, convince them to hang out with me, et cetera. So I think sales kind of comes like second nature to me. Um, we also bring up an interesting point around, around like trying to get, trying to get you to use my podcast or trying to get your podcast onto rally. Um, one of our, our power users actually is, uh, is a, basically a woodworker slash blacksmith who runs a podcast called makers happy hour and he's been using us like every friday for a couple hours and like i would never have met this person let alone appreciated his lifestyle or like his perspectives on things if we didn't start rally and it really makes me appreciate the fact that like you know it's brought these different kinds of people together it's unfortunate that it had to take a crisis to get us there but i think like whether you're running a podcast or running an influential community um i think Rally could be a platform for bringing your fans and your community together. 
like here it's not even to the it's not even to the um to the ask section and he's plugging it in a very natural no you're all you're, it's awesome i'm like i'm gonna say i'm kind of like i mean we don't know each other super well but i'm kind of like you where like i'm like always selling even if i'm not selling like i'm always evangelizing what i'm up to and that's just like if you're not the technical person you got to be the evangelist you're like ceo chief evangelist i don't know i don't know if you're the CEO, but like chief like evangelist right that's like the thing so let's kind of talk about um let's talk about long term let's say you know you, you finish yc you raise a trillion bucks you you you, you build a giant company um you know in 10 years 15 years what does that look like um or i guess in other words like what's the vision that you're rowing towards with rally.video so i think that when we when video first started it was basically focused on this idea of like a one-to-many or um kind of a one-to-one -one conversation so it's like uh right now we're having a one-to-one -one conversation either i'm speaking or you're speaking if there was a bunch of people listening to this podcast it would be me speaking to them so the one-to-many uh, situation but I think the future of video and the future of online, whether it's entertainment or connections, is going to be a many-to-many -many solution. And so if we can be, if we can build like the framework for how to think about that, starting with things like networking and happy hours and moving to online entertainment, uh, whether that's virtual comedy, whether that's like watch parties, um, things of that nature, I think that's kind of where we want to take this. Um, so it's very, it's a very broad and big vision, which is basically building the, the bedrocks of like a many to many video solution. Yeah, you're you're almost building the infrastructure for a potential virtual city, <laughs> um, which is cool. Um, so you're doing you're doing a lot, right? It's like a pretty lofty vision. It's pretty hard to do, and you'll need some help to get there. Um, so like you you might need some investors if you want to do that path. You'll definitely need employees. You'll need users and customers, et cetera. But what I can definitely tell you is that you'll, you'll absolutely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my, my, my second and last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? And is, you know, is there, are you hiring? Are you fundraising? Are you looking for users? What's an ask that you have that for anyone listening? So that's a good question. I think my, my main ask would just be to try out Rally for yourself and give us as much feedback as possible. Um, we, we're not... We're not really looking for investors at this time. Um, and we eventually will start hiring uh, probably more on like the video infrastructure side of things uh, or like DevOps, for example. But I think the biggest use or the biggest ask would be like, try our product, see what you think, see if there's use cases that we haven't thought of. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be like, at, at, we're going to be hosted by someone's wedding like in the next couple of weeks. We've had like a cheese debate tournament on our platform. Like people have found crazy use cases and the crazier it gets, the more excited we get. So. Uh, I would just want want that to happen. All right, I actually have a, a a super off off the uh, off the cuff question. You're doing a wedding on Rally. Is this common? Like, are people doing virtual weddings? <laughs> I actually don't know how many virtual weddings are taking off. Uh, this is the first one that we're doing. Uh, I don't know if others are going to take off as a result of this. Um, we've hosted like probably a, a dozen or so birthday parties and family gatherings of sorts. Um, we've yet to host a baby shower. I'd be super keen to do that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think anywhere there's like a social need, I think Raleigh could win. So I'm actually, um, my, my fiance, my fiance and I got engaged like a, like, I don't know, four or five months ago. And we decided to push off our wedding for like quite a while because of COVID. But like, it's so interesting. It's like, and I think we will do it in person. I think that's something we want to do, but it's like people, virtual weddings. What a world we live in. You know, what a world. <laughs> <laughs> did, well, did, you, did you get married in like a real city or did you also get married in like a virtual city? 
we'll we'll get we'll actually so so there's this um i don't know if you would consider it like a real a real it's called it's like a mini city we're getting married in what they call like the city of the future it's called arcasanti and i mean i don't know if anyone listening under knows phoenix but like about 50 50 miles north of the city of phoenix there's this like city that was started back in uh, in 1970 it was supposed to be the city of the future and it's kind of like the og co-living city um and I, I'm doing a really bad job describing it, but like it's it's its own little funky thing, and you can't you can't it's like one of a kind one of a kind uh, um, kind of venue, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. But maybe rally could be a close second. Who knows? <laughs> can, can I ask you a question about about the, the city, the future of virtual cities, and how you're thinking about it? Yeah, well, so Arcasanti. Well, so I think Arcasanti is like not really in the running for like like what's going on with co-living today i think like argosanti is like it was kind of like co-living of like 1970s 80s 90s i think yeah, it's cool but i don't see it in like in the race i i think that like virtual like, virtual cities i think are a thing because um you got people that grow up in africa or phoenix or norway or whatever and they want action um from somewhere that like, but they can't get it because that's not where they live and because um, they want like to break into finance, so they yeah. want to live in New York. They want to break in tech. They want to. They got to go to San Francisco, Hollywood, L.A. And I think, yeah. you know, I, you know, because of this podcast, straight up, like, have, have been able to like do like break into San Francisco from my bedroom in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't have to pay the ta- the rent. Don't got to pay the taxes. Don't got to deal with the stuff. And like, I get eighty percent of the benefit. And I just, um, I just think it, I call it like a cloud resident. And I think that. Um, I think that being a cloud resident of places is going to be way more common in the next 10 years than it was in the last 10 years. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, I think COVID's accelerated that, right? There was, there was um, a, an NYU professor called Scott Galloway. Um, and he, he talked about this idea of like, uh, give me someone's postal code and I'll tell you how successful they're going to be in their career and likely what their income level is going to be. And I think that like, he, he made that bold claim probably like in 2019 sometime. Uh, I don't know if you can make that same claim today. I think that uh, as a result of everyone going virtual, as a result of remote work um, and, and the drive, you're now seeing a more competitive landscape uh, almost appear out of nowhere. And I think your, your physical postal code probably isn't as important as your digital ambition or your digital postal code, if you will. I, I think you're on the right track for, for what it's worth. Well, the thing that it's like, the thing is... Um... I did this podcast and this, like, I mean, I only just started like making this virtual city a thing, but like I, I started the podcast literally because if I didn't, I would be extremely constrained by Phoenix and Phoenix is great for a lot of industries like real estate. Awesome. You want to retire? Great. You want to break into tech? Like the pit, like I'm not like, it's not Phoenix. Like this is not, you know, do it in Phoenix. And I didn't realize that it took me like three years and a lot of kind of hardship of me tearing, like going straight through the startup community all the way to the top. And I got to the top and I'm just like, this is it. <laughs> like, like what? Um, so it's, and, and that's why I started the podcast. And um, there's this other person who is gonna, who just, I'm not gonna mention who it is, but like they recently got some investors and their investors told them, yo, like you spend your time around more ambitious people because like you, you like you live in blank city that that doesn't exist. Um, at least not with the skill that you need. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I am product. I'm building a city. So we'll see if I can get some residents and, and maybe hopefully he's rally video for some of the happy hours or something. Um, to kind of finish it up. Um, if someone wanted to give, give rally a shot, how could they do it? What's your URL or are you on Twitter? 
Do you have an email? Um, I guess, how can someone try this out if they wanted to? Yeah, sure. So, so our website is just rally.video. Um, and our Twitter is actually rally.video with the dot uh, being D-O-T. Um, but the website is just rally.video, whatever you want to call it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Cool. Thanks, Matt.